Wrap up your conversations. Finish those thoughts. Hopefully you can find your way back to your seats. Get it? Because lost, thank you. Wow. You know it's a bad joke when it doesn't get a laugh, it just gets someone that goes, wow. Um, embarrassing for you. Uh, my wife and I recently started watching Survivor. Um, I know, it's in season 44 and we just started watching it. It's amazing. And then uh, one night the episode was done and then your TV you know how it just tells you like, oh, if you like this, and it just started playing Amazing Race, which we also just started watching, which is in season 34. These shows are really, I mean, longevity there. And um, anyways, long story short, Amazing Race is like pairs of people race. I've only seen two episodes, so I don't know. They're racing for something. And, um, they're in like other countries or in these places and yesterday there was an episode and the couple's like fighting because this guy's driving and there's a woman back and he's like, do you know how to read a map? She's like, no. Do you know where you're going? And he was like, no, but I just have a good vibe that this is the right way. And she was like, <laughs> and they're like in Italy or something. She's like, are you just driving off vibes right now? And he was like, yeah, and I just need you to trust that. Um, and that was incredible. So shout out to all the people driving just off vibes, but um, we are still in the book of Acts, uh, and today we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. It goes like this. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used, used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. For sure that's not right. Um, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more, men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought, out, brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds, bed mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail, not private jail. This is before privatized prisons. <laughs> that's a different sermon. Um, <clears throat> but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. So just to recap, they're getting the early church started. Good things are happening. People are joining them. People are being healed. And then, boom, prison. And then out of prison, they go and they stand in the temple courts and share their story. As I've been thinking about this and reading through the book of Acts, this story just stood out to me so much because I was like, can you imagine starting something, everything going well, and then prison? And then that being exactly where you needed to have been for the thing that you did next right? Which initially doesn't make sense to me, but it does looking at my life or my friend's lives or the way that life goes. Because one thing that I know to be true, even though I hate it, uh, is that resistance is an invitation. That resistance is a necessary part of getting you to where you need to be. That a life full of sweet and no bitter will rot your teeth. Um, and that all sun and no rain, that's called a drought. Um, and we've been living in one for a long time. And things don't grow there. How we grow, how we change, how we get to the places that we need to be are through the moments that we wish things went a different way. 
right? We can all point to a moment in our life, like Dan said, his rock bottom brought him to the place where he needs to be now telling the stories and sharing these things. That we look back at the times where we thought, this is, this is not the way I wanted to go. I wanted to start a church. I didn't want to end up in prison, right? But then, outside of that and having this experience with God and getting out of there, you go into the temple courts and you share your story. So we have these moments that we have to go through, this resistance that we have to feel, these, things we, these ways we have to get lost to get to where we want to go, right? Kind of reminds me of the, you ever been to the beach? I hope so. I hope we've, <laughs> we are so close, okay? So I hope we have been to the beach. I'm a person who's just, um, just very confused by the ocean, right? There's two kinds of people at the beach, those who understand how it works, um, and then people like me. So if you're just standing there at the beach and there's a big wave coming, the people who understand how it works, like, know somehow, which I still don't understand, you go under, the, you dive into it, and then they come up gracefully on the other side. They look like mermaids, okay? Just a callback. <laughs> and then there's people like me who think my safest bet is to just try to jump <laughs> or plant, you know? Just, I could either jump over this wave or I could just plant my feet and I could just take it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I trust myself more than I trust the fact that going deeper into this will somehow put me out of it. Um, and if you've ever, again, been to the beach, you know that the people that just get nervous and plant their feet really deeply in the sand, it never works. They never win. I never win. Um, and so now I just don't go in far enough to get to the waves, but that's not what I'm trying to say here. Um, but the reality that as our life experiences and things comes, the more that we resist the resistance, the more that we fear those things, the more we are reluctant to dive deeper into the things that uh, the ocean is calling us to. That is not a Hillsong song reference. That just happened. <laughs> that the more this life has to offer. And I believe that to be true, and that's not something that I like, Right? Because like Dan said, I think we all grew up, no one wanted to get lost. No one gets in their car to go to Target. It's like, it might take five minutes, it might take two hours. I'm just going to go off vibes. <laughs> no one starts a church and says, I hope this ends me in prison. No one gets into relationships and says, I hope that I can uh, find a way to be vulnerable and then get hurt so badly that I don't know my up from down. It rocks, rocks me to my absolute core till I have nothing left and then I rebuild from there. That's not how we start relationships. No one wants that. But we have those experiences. No one starts a career and is like, I hope this takes such a turn. I hope this is such a twist. I hope I am a person, and this is not that important to know, but every job out of grad school for my first five jobs, I made less money. I was climbing down the corporate ladder. <laughs> Somehow. That's not what you start out saying you want. I hope this career goes nowhere and then I have to rebuild at 31. Like no one, it's not how we start, but those are some of the most special moments in our lives that build who we are and craft our stories. One thing we say at New Abbey, the two things we are is with Jesus and community. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take the model of the life of Jesus and the framework that Jesus gives us for how to treat people, for how to understand the world, for how to dismantle systems, to how to come up against inequality and fight oppression. And we're trying to blend that and do that together in community because that's how it's lived out in a real way. 
So those are the things we say we want to do. And I think getting lost and allowing ourselves to feel resistance and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and to trust, that's going to take this, that's going to take people, that's going to take the community part. I think there's a, it's, it's easy to, easier sometimes to believe something than it is to live it out, right? Yes, I believe like everyone is good and people are good and kindness wins and all of these things are easy to believe and then you get into real life with real people and you're like, yeah, but <clears throat> I don't know. But that's what we're trying to do. Because all the framework and all the message and all the words of Jesus and all of these things, they don't mean as much if we can't do it together. If we don't go to experience what that feels like. I remember the first time I had a relationship that I felt like entered a new space of uh, being in community in a different way. In college, I was on the step team. And um, no, I was a captain. It's fine. Um, <laughs> not for rhythm, for leadership abilities, because I'm just not good. So um, I was on the step team with these girls, and we went through college together, and they became like sisters. Um, and we were all such good friends, and up until a, a lot, for a lot of our friendship, it was like, you know, we're going out together, and that's what, like, seals the bond of friendship. Like, we're out to the club, we get McDonald's in the morning, and um, we do it all again, um, and right after college, uh, one of the girls, because we went to a Christian college, she got married right after graduation, like, a two months after graduation. Anyone? I know. Um, and shortly after that, she got pregnant with twins, Okay. So now our friend is about to have two babies. We know nothing. We're all so young. And um, they have the twins. And I just remember, like, we haven't, I, I feel like there was a vulnerability that didn't exist in our relationship yet that happened as soon as she texted us all and said, we are literally drowning. This is too much. We cannot handle it. Like, we need help. So we all got together and we made a schedule. We made a plan. We took shifts. And I ended up on the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift um, of watching these twin babies um, because at the time I worked at a mega church, so I could really I could go in whenever I wanted and however I wanted. That's what everyone's doing at these mega church guys. I was really tired, um, so I was at the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. My friend Melody was on the 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. We have this whole plan, and I get there for my first shift. It's 2 a.m. and her husband walks out. Uh, my friend was like sleeping, trying to sleep. And there's these t twin babies that are like a week, two weeks old. And he's like, hey, um, and I know nothing about, none of us know anything about babies. We are babies, okay? In this scenario, we are babies. And he looks, he's like, here are the bottles, here's the diapers. Um, if one of them cries, just take them out. Probably hungry or, or change your diaper. They're swaddled like really tight. And he's like, if both of them cry, use one of them to scoop up the other one. And that's how you get them at the same time. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Use one of them. He's like, you'll get it, you'll get it. And just like goes back. Like, have you ever seen someone who's so tired they look scared? Like that's, that's how he looked. And so I'm like sitting in there and I'm just praying to God they don't both cry at the same time because I'm going to figure out how to scoop two babies. And sure enough, as soon as he leaves, they both start crying. And I did scoop and scoop. And then I'm just like holding these two tiny babies. Anyways, it was fine. But... Um, that moment for me really solidified the importance of like, oh, we're not just friends so that we can hang out and do fun things. Like, we're, we're each other's people. Like, we, we're showing up. Like, we're, we're taking shifts. Our friend just said we're drowning, and we had to show up. We're the, we're the people. We're the people who do this. 
And that changed the way I saw friendship. Friendship? (laughs) Friendship. Is it good? Yeah, I'm going to hold it. I don't know. That felt like... And that changed the way I saw friendship. It's, it's when I say friendship. <laughs> Is it? Relationship. <laughs> Community. <laughs> and it changed the way I saw friendships, relationships, and community. Um, for moving on, right? Now meeting people and saying, not just do we get along, do we have things in common, but how are we going to show up? How can we make sure when our friends are lost that we're able to be there, when our friends are drowning, that we're able to scoop one baby up with another baby and figure it out because they need help? This is how Jesus shows up in our lives. It's the people. And I know we live in a culture that puts such a high priority on romantic relationships, on family, and all these things. But friendship is one of the most spiritual currencies we have in this entire planet. We have to invest in them. We have to take care of them. We have to show up for our friends in real ways. And so I remember it was many years later, 2020, you ever heard of it? That was a time where I began to feel incredibly lost. Though I understood the concept of community and friendship, up until that point, I had only understood it as usually the one who had something to give. So I understand what it means to take the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. I'll bring all the meals. I'll be the shoulder to cry on. I'll show up for you. This thing is hard. I'll pick you up from there. You need this. I'll do it. And that's how I understood vulnerability and community is that people were vulnerable with me, and then I responded. Okay? Any? Anyone? Yes. And then all of a sudden I found myself feeling so lost, feeling so turned around. I was drowning. And all of a sudden I look at all these friendships and realizing I have nothing to give. I only need right now. And realizing what's harder for me, maybe not you, what's way harder than taking the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift to watch some babies is telling my friends I needed help is asking them to show up for me, is telling them I feel lost. Right now, I only need from you. I have nothing to give. And then trusting that they were still going to show up and care for me. That was brutal. I like to say was as I'm on the other side. But, you know, say whatever I want up here. Um, I'm not on the other side of it. But I spent just two years, my wife and I, You know, when you're feeling lost in community and um, the world is shut down, I would recommend just moving to another state. That's what we did. We just (laughs) picked up and moved to Austin. And so I had this whole experience of this year to say, I'm not close by, I'm not reachable, and I just need my friends. Are they still going to be there? I mean, that was so hard. That was so hard, and it's literally the best thing that ever happened to me because now I look around and I have real relationships. I don't have people that I know can call me. I also have people that I know I can call. And I say all that to say, I would not want to do those two years again ever. But they gave me so much. They helped me understand so much about myself and relationships. And they gave me trust that people were there. Not only trust that people were there, it opened up an even deeper reality of what community means of how we exist in community and how important it is to cultivate the friendships in our lives. We've all felt lost before. We felt, if you're at New Abbey, you've felt spiritually lost at some point. That is just, 
I don't have to ask. You, you felt that. And if you live in LA, you felt professionally lost. I, <laughs> there's not a chance you just got on one train and stayed there. Um, and if you're a person, at some point you felt relationally lost. Maybe you're the person who has needed and you learn how to give. Maybe you're the person who has given, you're learning how to need. Maybe you're the person who has never let yourself get close enough to friends to experience what that is like. Maybe right now you're, you're sad and grieving the reality that you don't have a group of friends that you could call that can set up shifts. Maybe things, whatever the case may be, all I'm saying is there's no way around suffering. There's no way around friendships that you won't get hurt. There's no way around vulnerability that isn't risky. There, that's not factual. That is not real. What I'm saying is we are at a church on Sunday morning because we believe in this framework of Jesus and what he says in our life. But it has to be lived out in community. It has to be lived out in community. It has to be lived out with the people around you. It has to be lived out in friendship, which is the most important ship of all. That's a quote, but I missed the whole first part of it. So if you guys know it, just fill that in. And so as I've been thinking about this um, and reading through this, there's been this song uh, that comes to mind. Uh, Paul's actually going to sing it, which is very special because Paul is actually one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and one of the people in, in my life who helped me, again, expand the idea of what friendship is of what community looks like. I remember, um, do you guys remember when those shirts came out that said, Jesus is my homeboy? <laughs> I know. Someone said, oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was, I had one. I'll be honest. I had one. I wore it frequently. Um, and there was this idea that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with, I actually don't know what the idea was. Um, <laughs> but what I'm thinking about now um, is the reality that Jesus gives us so much to see and understand about the way the world works, but the people around us are the only way we make that work. The friends that we allow to trust us, the friends that we trust, that's the only way we're going to understand practically what Jesus is telling us conceptually is this. And that takes trust, that takes vulnerability, that takes just letting people know you're drowning. Sometimes that takes diving deeper into the waves that are coming at your life instead of planting your feet like a dum-dum and just getting rocked, picking sand out of your body for like six months. <laughs> so anyways, um, Paul's going to sing the song. Um, it's, it's the song that comes to my head. It's a song that I love, and it's a song that reminds me of what I think about when I think about the best-case scenario for this room, for this community, um, and for our experience together. Tears are in your eyes. I will dry them all. 
Sail on, silver girl. Oh, sail on and ride. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on. Oh, 
The alternative was me. So <laughs> thank God for my friends. Um, one of my favorite things to watch or experience or feel, um, I see this a lot with parents. When you have parents who are in one particularly tough stage of parenting, which seems to be all of them, by the way. Um, firm believer, y'all need way better PR, or we're not going to have any more kids. But they say, oh, I don't know. He just won't sleep, not eating, not teething. And then you have someone put the hand on their shoulder that said, oh, that was such a hard stage. That was so hard. Here's how we got through it. We got through it, and it's going to be okay. There's nothing like the feeling I experience when um, I get to talk to young queer girls who just came out and they say, it's so hard, everything's so hard, it's so foggy, I can't see straight. And I get to honestly and genuinely say, I know how that feels, I swear it gets better. It will get better. There's nothing like me and Sammy sitting with a couple who is far ahead of us telling us, oh, fights like that, no, here's this, you'll get through it. There are people in this room who have felt lost in the way you have felt lost and they have found something. That is what makes a room like this and a community like this special. But that requires you raising your hand and saying, I feel lost. That requires you saying, this is hard. That requires you saying, I need help, this is foggy, I don't know what to do, I haven't slept, the kids are out of control, I just came out, relationship with my parents, I'm trying to set boundaries, my, whatever it is. And I promise you, there are people in this room who get to say, oh my gosh, yes, I've been lost in the same way. That's how the community shows up, takes all of the words and the beautiful things and the stories of Jesus and says practically like a bridge over troubled water the thing that you need help let me be that bridge that requires you sharing your story and that requires telling people if you feel lost tell someone if you need help ask if you have a story share it if we want to really live this thing out, we're going to have to figure out how to cultivate friendships and relationships that exemplify all the things that we believe out here. So that's my ask to us this morning. If you feel lost, if you need help, reach out. It's going to take trust. Look to the right and to the left. Someone in here might have felt lost the way you feel lost, and if they don't know that you're drowning, they won't be able to reach their hand. I thought I had more, but that is really what I want to say this morning. Um, you know, I wasn't a, thank you. So what you're going to do right now, you're going to get in the same three or four groups. Before we do that, I just want to say, again, and I know I keep hammering this now, you guys, friendship is one of the most spiritual things we can experience in this life. It is so beautiful. It is so valuable. It is everything. So we gotta find it, we gotta cultivate it, we gotta trust it, we gotta be vulnerable, we gotta risk it, we have to do it all. So with that, you're gonna grab three or four people around you, the same, what story do you need to hear right now? Yeah, or anything you want, that's, enjoy. <laughs> 